Welcome to the Dictate the Game podcast, uh, the podcast associated with the Dictate the Game website, where you can read all of our articles. Uh, we've got various articles for you that we're going to talk about today, covering various different things from FN20, as well as the things we've been reading and watching and listening to across the community. Uh, so there's a few of us on the pod uh, today. So we've got Paul, aka The Northman. How are you doing? I'm very good, sir. Thank you for having me along. No problem. And we've got Ryan. He was in charge, apparently. How are you doing, Ryan? I'm all right. I'm all right. Thank you. Good. And this week, I'm actually going to introduce myself. I'm Pelham, or FM Tahiti. So you've got the three of us to listen to and enjoy today. Um, so we're going to go straight on to our very kind of first uh, section, which is the team report. So the team report, we're covering the articles we've published this week. Uh, should we start with you, Ryan? Because you did some writing and apparently it was all right, wasn't it? Apparently so, yeah. Well, we only released two articles this week, unfortunately, but both are re- really, really good. My article, I self-proclaimed being good, but just uh, something a little bit different to what I usually write. When I've got a little bit more time, I like to sort of dive into the game a little bit more. So I've decided to write about the Anchorman. It's probably my favourite role in Football Manager, which I spoke about last on last week's episode. If you've not listened to that, of course, listen to that first. Um, yeah, it's just sort of, instead of just sort of focusing on a sort of team and how it plays, I focused on a specific role, which can sort of apply to different formations and different scenarios. And have you found it's worked for you? Is it actually effective or is it just like a favoured role that you kind of put oh, in? Oh, no, no it's, it's worked. Um um, I'm in my second season now with Wrexham and uh, in the first season I was predicted just outside the playoffs and we managed to win the league by two points um, and I feel a lot of my success came from the anchorman uh, and then the second season I found a better anchorman because my current one was a little bit old and lacked in some areas and because we got promoted I had a little bit more money to spend so I found um, another player who, put, who, who suited so much to the team and uh, we're predicted to finish 18th, and we're currently 5th or 6th. So it, it is really good because of the sort of how it sort of plays, and it gives you the security and defence, but then you've also got the extra man in midfield, so you're not outnumbered. And I think, I, think, I think it's brilliant, to be honest, the role. Not bad. That's pretty good performance. Uh, how about you, the Northman? Have you used the Anchorman in any of your YouTube series recently? Of not, I don't think. No, um, not recently. I definitely did use it in a four-one-four-one with FC United. The main reason for me wanting to use the Anchorman was due to the, the how far deep they drop, but also how basic they are. Obviously, you've got the halfback role as well, but he's a bit more, bit more of an aggressive playmaker, isn't it? That halfback role. So, I find the Anchorman's a, a great, a great role to use when you want to play that defensive. Set up, but you don't want your midfield kind of dropping on top of your defensive mid. So the anchor man just pushes him a little bit closely, your two centre backs, and just gives you that triangle between them and the triangle between the midfield still. So it's a nice role, but I've I've not found a tactic where I want to or need to use it at the minute in FM twenty, but not that it will come up. Definitely. I've not had a chance to use it properly either, mainly just because I've not had the the kind of players who can do it. If I sacrifice a player somewhere else to get that nice little triangle in the middle, and it is a nice triangle. It's got some some nice diagrams in there with the passing options as well, Ryan. So yeah, that, that's good. I wanted, I, wanted, I wanted to sort of add that in. 
just to sort of instead of just writing and writing and writing, it's just words on the screen. I wanted to show how it actually looks on a pitch rather than me just explaining it and you sort of visualize it yourself. So I wanted to put the average position in positions in, which is they're all very similar, but if you look when your team's the got the upper hand or you're winning, your fullbacks will naturally push further up and then your sort of anchor man will just sit in the sort of the same sort of direct line. So it's all sort of parallel to each other. So when if you you sort of are exposed and you're on the count there on the counter, you've almost got that extra support, like it'll almost come like a back three, and then your two wing backs will eventually get back. And then obviously using this role because almost sort of the slightly underdogs and because it's lower league, there's a lot of teams play like really aggressive and it's sort of hoof ball like 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 you know, and you've got that extra man there just to sort of solidify the defence. I've got to, I've got to say I think I would like to try the anchor man in a in a in a four five one with two inverted wingers or inside forwards, just because it gives you that ability to tell your wingers to overlap to cross from the byline and just watch them get as far forward as you can. So as you said, it gives you the flat back three almost defensively, especially if your defensive line is pushing up, they will just form that three. So it would it, it would be nice to use now. I think I would like to see how the MA in FM twenty how it uses that. Like, will it push your two centre backs wider, which does form a three? Then, which would then mean you can defend with a flat back three and use that. Use your wing backs. Use the inverted wingers, inverted forwards, and really capitalise offensively and defensively. Would be interesting. You could have the players for that, though. I guess. I want to try it now. <laughs> I, 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 I do think it's really good in the sense of people always think because it's defensive midfield and it's sort of anchorman, it drops deep. That it's just a defensive role. I think the way it sort of creates space on and off the ball is why I use it most. Because you're say if you're offensively and, you, and your sort of winger doesn't know where to pass, you can just drop that back into your anchorman. And then that just opens up the pitch so much more instead of just trying to hoof the ball to the other side of the pitch and hope that it works. You've almost got that sort of, yeah, yeah. You've, you've almost got that pivot where it doesn't almost necessarily have to go forward. And as I've been playing as a sort of an underdog, it's not about just penetrating the ball as much as you can. It's sort of being a little bit more patient and sort of taking the chances when they, when they come rather than forcing everything. And then at the end of the game, you think, oh, why have I not won this game? Or why have I not created this? And if you sort of analyse what your sort of problems are, you're trying too hard to go forward without having that sort of solidity in midfield. So it's kind of a more measured approach then? Well, yeah, kind of, because even, even though it's a sort of defence midfield position and it is a, 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 essentially like an extra defender, it also, it's not like you're sort of missing out the sort of phases of play, the different passing lines. It sort of opens up so much more where sort of if you're playing two centimetres on their own, it sort of doesn't, because if one's marked and one's on the ball, there's not really as much sort of space and opportunities to pass to, depending on how the opposition is set up. One of the things I quite like about the article as well is um, it's kind of the contrast, in a way, to EO's article that just came out, well, for us today, but a couple of days ago by the time you listen to this pod, um, on Total Football. Because I guess total football's got everyone playing every particular role potentially. It's a little more fluid and flexible, whereas your anchor man's got a very defined role within the team. 
don't think you're going to find your anchor man in Eeyore's team. No, definitely not. Eeyore's almost sort of had that sort of, he likes to sort of experiment with sort of past playing styles. And I think one day he probably, like maybe 20 years in the future, he'll, he'll put like a anchor man in some team which someone's made and thought they've reached the heights of success in real life. But nothing sort of at the moment currently, I don't think he would sort of replicate. But I think that's what's so good about Eeyore's writing. He will sort of start with like the the idea, write a little bit about it, implement it into Football Manager, test it, try it, then perfect it before he releases it. And it's it's so good because it's not just like he's not just writing like a simple four four two guy. This is sort of diving into so many different sort of legends in the football world who sort of influenced the game so much on and off the field. Because if you read through um, Eeyore's article. There's a he's got a tactic in the middle, which is a four-three-three. So he's got his kind of three in the midfield, almost like your kind of little triangle. But he's gone for the kind of two Mazalas and then a central midfielder on defend. So maybe you could, you know, squeeze in I an think, anchor man there. I think he's gotta go for that central midfield on defend because with the Mazalas, they're gonna push so wide and and forward. And they're just so mentally offensive, I find. Um, I know they're looking to find them them half spaces, but they really do get a lot further forward. Um, and if you're playing with the anchor man, you got the opposition, all they're going to have to do is have an attacking midfielder on support or even just a central midfielder on support. And there's going to be so many times that that player would become a simple outlet. True. Where the central midfield and defend doesn't drop as deep as the anchor man, so he's then able to prevent the opposition having the outlet, which then does give the freedom to the Mazalas to go forward. So I think that would that would be a reason not to use the anchor man in that kind of that kind of setup, because you are just gifting an outlet in the centre midfield constantly to your position. And this sort of tactic is his tactic is so offensive compared to mine. Like just even looking at it, he's he's got all these fancy roles and that, and I don't think that's going to work in League Two for me. I was just thinking <laughs> that I was looking at this, I was thinking that's I don't often use that one or that yeah. one or that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a bit of everything. Football Manager Twenty is a very offensive based game. It's it's not like FM sixteen or fifteen, whichever one it was, where I went like some like in two seasons 56 57 clean sheets or something it it's yeah. a lot harder on fm20 i find very offensive based if you try to set up a defensive tactic in the end you do get hit so the anchor man is a great role but it doesn't necessarily necessarily mean you've got to set up in a defensive way as we said you can look you can look at using the anchorman in an offensive tactic, but in that setup, you're going to have to have a supporting central mid alongside it. Well, obviously not alongside, just slightly in front. Because if you make your two centre mids, mids offensive along with an anchor, then yeah, you just you you're asking for that outlet constantly from the opposition, just in that centre midfield. I think I'm always asking for trouble with my tactic. I, I'm quite happy to give my keepers uh, clean sheet bonuses because I know there's no chance that they're going to get them. <laughs> oh, God. So, so, you know, thinking tactically about finances is the way to do it. So we've got two articles up from this week, um, both good in-depth ones covering position with the anchorman from Ryan and then total football. 
as a philosophy with a really interesting looking 433 uh, from Ehor as well. He's written a ton of stuff uh, recently, all fantastic stuff. So that's what we've got up there. And there'll be some more articles coming as always. Uh, but that moves us on to the next section for us, I think, which is the opposition analysis. So this is all about what we've been reading and watching and listening to or being inspired by, if we want to go for that this week. Um, anyone want to go first? What people have been looking at? I mean, I can go, but my inspiration's not so much football manager based, but I've I've got and a lot of people relate to this. The 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 urge to do do something different, the urge to take on a save after reading or seeing something. And I watched a, a documentary on television here based about the Faroe Islands and how they looked at from from Norway as that this island above Scotland and where where do they fit into the system? They're not part of Scandinavia, they're not part of the United Kingdom, they're not part of Greenland. They are, I think, 60% owned or some, something crazy linked with Denmark, kind of like uh, Greenland are. And it just made me go back to an FM19 idea of a club and country with Greenland, um, with Faroe Islands. I just think it would be so interesting. So in terms of what I've been reading or looking at and etc this year this this year wow i'm on fire this week <laughs> is um the this obsession i've got with trying something mentally insane trying to develop a nation but in the extreme and doing it in the Faroe islands sixty four thousand population or whatever it is and third lowest in uefa rankings i just think it could be a an insane kind of idea and it is possible we did some holiday tests on fm19 to see if with um top facilities can a club develop good players even if you don't alter the nation's ranking which is something i don't want to do i don't want to go in and fiddle with the ranking i mean they're going to produce better regions i want to just see what happens mm. um and it did work they start producing not in large amounts but producing decent Nugent, sorry, not regions. I know people have a hissy fit and cry when you get it wrong. Um, it's just Ryan. I know. So it is something possible, and I really, really like the idea. So that's kind of taken over my life this week. Um, that sounds really good. I just want to do it, you know. I just want to do it. Are you going to do it? Probably, but I know what I'm like. It's, I mean, like, like you guys know, I'm away this weekend, so it was a waste of time even considering stand and make the database tonight because then I just spend the weekend crying. So we'll see what I think next week. <laughs> I was going to say that's how I spend my weekends anyway, crying. So that'd be normal. Normal for me, that one. <laughs> I'm, but... I'm trying I'm trying to change, you know, positive. So no, <laughs> no crying this weekend. Depends how the uh, match goes. Yeah, yeah. If they lose the final and I've just spent like a weekend away to, to watch my team lose and there's potential crying happening. Just a few. But I like the Faroe Islands idea. I was reading a book called Hacking Football or Football Hackers. I can't remember. It's by a German author, I think. And he was looking at, in one of the chapters, he looks at Iceland and he does a similar kind of breakdown like you've done in terms of their population's tiny. Yeah. The pool they've got in footballing terms is almost non-existent, but they're still qualifying for stuff and beating bigger teams because of the way they've 
gradually built things up and the way they've changed the way they look at it and bear islands could be really good for that i mean part of me thought hmm let's use a, a nation in the vanilla game and go with fair island um jesus with iceland but the the nation's too good <laughs> do you know yeah. what i mean it's like yeah. like you said the qualifying but also uh jay pointer who was part of the fm central team he won like multiple champions leagues with kr from iceland and nice. just dominated so you know when someone just kills an idea yeah. So, like, I can't ever go to Iceland now because I'm never going to do that. I know what I'm going to I'll spend 50 years there and win one cup. The relegation so, cup. Exactly. <laughs> so, it's like, thanks, Jay. That's that's our idea. Going. I don't want to do the Welsh League because it's, again, the nation as a national team is just too good. Mm. Where the Faroe Islands are crap nationally and club-wise. So, they kind of fit in better. I think um, last year for FM19, Greyhead Gaming loaded a lot of um, Scandinavian um, and I was going to say Fair Islands isn't really Scandinavia, is it? It's that kind of, you were saying it's that sort of halfway, you know, is it Nordic, Scandinavian or whatever? But I think he put the Faroe Islands in as well. He tried to start off with them, but he didn't stay with them very long. So I think there's much opportunities there for him. But it's worth a go. Definitely worth a go for a club and country save. How about you, Ryan? What have you been uh, reading? What have you been inspired by? Um, I've not really read as much as I'd like to this week because it's been Cause it's a uh, struggle. Yeah, I was going to say I've got one that I uh, recently read uh, earlier today, and that's from um, Littleworth Fox. He owns, uh, I think, yeah, the F- FM Library, I believe. Mm-hmm. So um, he does a season review for FK Hogansen. Maybe I'm not sure how you fully pronounce that. Absolute scums. <laughs> my pronunciation that's, or the team <laughs> both that's oh, who we play okay. in the that's who we play in the cup final on sunday <laughs> yeah well i was going to say if some of the signings he's made here he's got uh sev van der berg from liverpool on loan and uh martin samuelson who i had last year my man just save he's uh really doing well actually he's, no really cares, he's got some it, pie charts in there as well yeah i was gonna yeah i was gonna get on to that it's a lot of really interesting sort of uh Breaking up the article with some really nice graphics. Just missed out on. Um, well, sorry, I was going to say he's just got into Europe from it, and uh, like like you just said there, Pelham with the pie charts, he's um, identifying his issues, and that's his early goals. And you you said prior to the podcast that you love a good pie chart. Yeah, we, we agreed pies and pie charts. Pie charts, good. yeah, all of the above. I was just, going to say remove chart and we we yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's really it's really interesting. It's really sort of a different way to sort of um publish your sort of work, doing it rather than just written or just meant getting a table and writing your stats. If you sort of put it into a um uh, like a pie chart, it's so much so much better. I mean it's it's I I'm very happy that these small things impress you. It should be fairly simple to put an article out on the website or stick a few pie charts on. Right, I'd be like, wow, this is just, the just best put the pies there. Ever. Put the pies, and I'm sold. <laughs> no, that's true, but no, it it is good work from him. It's good work. The the initial post was nice. He put a lot of information about about the nation, and it's good to see he's continued and he's developing and learning. I mean, he's picked, as I say, a shocking team, but apart from that, <laughs> it's it's not bad. And if if he um, is listening, um, there is one thing that we sort of agreed on the website. A lot of the whole article is central. If you try to break it up and put maybe the Littleworth side, if you put it onto the right, it would have a lot more screen space and wouldn't be as congested. That's just my feedback. If he is listening, 
there's a lot of scrolling. It's worth the yeah. scrolling, but there is a lot it, of scrolling. It is, yeah, but if he broke broke up so it was down the left side or down the right side instead of right down the middle where it's sort of overlapping everywhere. It's a, it's a bit hard to sort of follow. What about you, Pelham? Anyway, what have you sort of um, read, watched? Um, I've got two nerdy blogs. Obviously, I've been watching the Northman's uh, Blythe. Um, oh, you. Um, I, I, I did make fun of this, you know, the height of some of your um, youth intake, but then I got my youth intake and they're all short asses as well. So it's just something in the water. Just yeah. report as a bug. <laughs> yeah, just, they're all too short. Why aren't they six four? It it must be a bug. The the heading situation with regions, Nugents, jeez, whatever. It's the same thing. Um, that last last year as well. A lot of um, Nugents have very low heading ability and very high set piece ability, like free kicks. I've never scored set pieces, so I don't score them. They just look like they should be able to, and then they disappoint. But I've noticed I've had a few come through, like headings being good or long throws and um, corners have been really good and they might be like a defender, which is there's no good for me there. But yes, yeah, so I've been watching your stuff and I've been reading. I've got two. So there's one, um, is it Tommy Boys on FM uh, about Motherwell? So Ooh. he's looking at Tommy Boys. Tommy I've Boys. never heard of him. You're going to have to link me that after. Yep, that's I'll stick it in the chat, but it's uh, tommyboysonfm.wordpress.com. Oh. Um, and the particular one I'm interested in is he's uh, got an article called or a post called Dogma No More, and he's looking at the actual cost at Motherwell of developing a player and selling him on. So he's broken it down, like how much are you paying your head of youth? How much is his contract? How much was um, the eventual kind of fee to work out actually how much did this player cost you to develop? So you can work out how much actual profit comes out of this. He's got his essentially audited his entire youth upset uh, upset setup, um, and then he's like a case study of one player who's been sold on for the good of the club, and then worked out the actual profit and impact is over how many years worth of like youth development costs. And I think it's a really good way of looking at it because I know you like the finance stuff as well, Paul. It's that kind of if you sell a player for a certain amount of money, that's not actually how much he's cost you. It's it's not just his fee that you're paying, is it? It's the bed and no, board that, that, and all that. That's true, and it's definitely something that 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 interests me. Actually, I'm looking forward to to reading that tomorrow on my journey yep, when so I come you... into my friend to drive for a few hours. <laughs> just take over. I need to look at these numbers. Yeah, take over. I've got some to read. <laughs> and I think on a similar um, one, I've been looking at. Um, there's only one ball.com, um, and it is by is it Oliver Jensen. Jensen, OJ. Do we side on OJ? We're going to go with yeah, OJ. OJ. <laughs> and he's in France, looking at his kind of setup to the club. Um, but one of the things he's done at the end, he's I've seen him tweeting about this. Um, he set up a kind of a database of actual player performance in FM over the course of a few seasons to create a kind of reference database. So you can find stuff out like the kind of KPIs. So how many key passes, key passes per 90, chances versus assists. He's made a few other ones as well. I think you don't get immediately in the game. Can't remember which one it is, but there's a few. I saw someone post something really pointless earlier, talking about pointless things. Was it from (laughs) Dictate the Game? <laughs> yeah, Ryan posted this article the other day about an anchor man. Oh <laughs> no, it's um 
I saw someone posting, they do like their spreadsheet tells them how many days it is between the matches. Does it the game not tell you that anyway? I don't know, but I'm fairly sure like if you have a game on the fifteenth and the game on the twenty second, if you can't work it out, you should put FM down and go back to school, I'm thinking. You should probably put the spreadsheet down, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'd so, sorry, I just I know I know like I just randomly jump in there with that interesting fact of the day. The factoid for that one. Now I think these stats are a little bit more in depth than how many days till the next match. So what is it? It's position adjusted interceptions or padge is what I'm calling it. Padge. Padge. Um <laughs> but he's created his own and these kind of ones mirror a lot of real world ones that some of the data analysts that they kind of use as it well. Was FM Heaven does. So if you're does. listening, pointless. The rest of the spreadsheet's good there. I like his, I like his work. I follow him. I mean, that's, that's enough. <laughs> like, normally I don't follow people if I don't find them interesting. So I like his work. I just laughed at how pointless that information was he posted. Also, I quite like the surprise of just a match appearing one day. When something's been rescheduled, you're not paying attention. Yes, <laughs> I couldn't work out how long it was. I can't believe it's turned up. It's broken my plans. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I've been looking at. Um, I've not actually watched much other than your stuff on YouTube, just because I've been... Been a bit busy, but there's there's some stuff on my list, but I'll save that for next week. My videos are going to three to only three a week for Blythe. Quality over quantity, that's what that is. Yeah, and it's gonna to go to only about six videos a season, but as you said, it's gonna the videos are gonna have more depth in them. I did watch your Andorra one as well, the uh, billionaire experiment. Oh the experiment. Do you know what I really wanted to see how how the 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 game engine would handle having sponsorship coming in instead of just like a lump of money in your bank. Yep. And they handle this so badly. Like after ten years to still have piss poor facilities is just ridiculous. I imagine it's just PK sitting on like a giant mountain of cash. Yeah. Well, I've holiday. I'm still holidaying at the minute, trying to get to 2050 to see. If there's a big change now, they don't have the money coming in each year. Will they get relegated? Spoiler: At the minute, it's completely dull. You'll be dead by 2050. Well, me or my person in the game? You. 20. That's 30 years. I'll make me 64. 79. Yeah, I'd be dead by 64. Yeah. I'm di- I'm diabetic. There's no way I'm living that long. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for that freaking light conversation, Ryan. Ray sunshine for Ryan. There. We should probably yeah. move on from the opposition analysis. Yeah, let's move then. on. I'm going to get depressed. So I think. If I remember correctly, we've got our next section, which would normally be uh, letters for Luke, uh, but it's actually our questions. Oh, I'm excited for questions. this one. Ryan, do you want to take us to the first question? Yep, can do. The first question is from the FM editor, also known as Steve. His question is Is Paul on it? Yes, I am. Keys on the pod. Me and Steve yeah. actually continued the discussion about that. So just so people know, Steve asked if I would be on the podcast, which I am. Hello, Steve. Until we edit you. And then, then I said that I'm, I was going to promote his database. He's got a new level 10 database coming out. Very soon, um, hopefully. Yeah, well, I mean, we say hopefully. It's going to be poor, no doubt. Um, <laughs> obviously, there's a lot of work goes in these databases, but they are never 100% accurate. So what I would advise, and no doubt Steve would advise as well, Steve is the FM editor, 
is he would advise if you do start at level 10 in the English pyramid, which he is unlocking for you, go into your club and make sure the facilities, the players are correct. Make make sure all them things have been done because a lot of clubs get given a standard 1,000-seater or capacity stadium in football manager often. So if Steve hasn't gone in and updated all the stadiums, which I know he's way too lazy to do, then you'll have that problem. So make sure you do go and check that. There's a bit of advice for you coming off that first question. By the time the pod's out, that should probably be... I'm hope, I'm, I don't know whether it will have been, but I'm hoping it'll have been released because it's... Are you saying it's 93% there? It seems awfully specific. Yeah, it's just after clicks, I think. Yeah, well, it worked. I clicked. It did. It did. And now we've promoted. Now we're still talking about him. Damn that, man. So the next question is, uh, where's Luke? I sacked him. He's gone. I think he's asleep because he'd be doing the night shift. Uh, he, he works for like three hours and he complains that he's tired. Move on. Yeah. And we still don't get any discount. Don't you start lying. I've never heard someone complain so much about you as you about working. Jesus. Do you know, I've never heard Pelham once complain about being tired from work. That's because he works from home. <laughs> yeah. can nap when it's not stressful or tiring. <laughs> Just a nice nap at about 11. Another nap at about 2. What about four? You know, wakes up for his dinner, goes back to sleep. Easy. Sounds amazing. It's it's the life. I have been in work all week, but I'm not complaining about being tired because they pay me money, and that's better. Can 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 I read the next question out? It's from F M Corver, and he says, "Do you feel the state of the game with all its M E bugs and issues is unacceptable?" Now, what I would say is. FM Culver, who does follow me, so I expect to lose a follower after this. Um, I think it's acceptable. I don't think there's... I think the ME has a few issues. I think we can all acknowledge that. I think on release, it's still had a few issues. Um, bear in mind, as an example, Planet Zoo, which has been released, can't boot up for 50% of people. Um, <laughs> so I think a slight ME bug is almost acceptable comparing to a few few of the games out there. Um, when you have a game which is as technical and has so many lines of code for the for the match engine, you have to accept there might be a few little bugs. Now, a lot of people's issues are not with the match engine. They are with the graphics engine and um, how, the, how the game is displaying something. If, like, for example, a, a there's a 50-50 and they don't actually touch each other and the ball bounces a metre away and then it's tapped in. That's the graphics engine struggling to display what the match engine has worked out. Um, it, it, base, basically, yes, there's a few little bugs. Stop crying about it. Um, report issues as soon as you get them. Because so many people are tweeting, oh, have you seen this? My, my play didn't cross the ball. He shot it. He shot it. And you say, well, did you report it? No. No, they know about it already. They know about it. They don't. Yeah. Oh, well, they know about it. Yeah, yeah. If one person reports a bug, though, no one's gonna. They're not gonna really look into it as an emergency. But if one thousand people report a bug, it's going to be looked into and obviously fixed quickly. So everybody should be reporting. Now, I said, can you speak more specifically about what? ME problems you think and he said the match engine creating way too many one-on-one chances which look like your striker is awful 
man, how awful. When in reality, the game is compensating for the sheer volume of these chances created. Now, for me, I I don't think I've seen that too many one-on-ones in my games. I don't know about you, Ryan. Have you seen a vast amount of them? Well, not really, but then again, my strikers, my wingers have got more goals than my strikers, and my two midfielders have got more goals than my striker. But I've, I don't really see too much of a problem with it, because... Obviously, I'm a bit lower down. It's not like I'm expecting to score every chance. But this, this sort of, compla- not sort of complaining about the match engine, but there's, I don't think it's unacceptable. People need to realise if you change one thing in the match engine or any part of the code, it has a knock-on effect because it's not like, oh, how to explain? You're literally basing everything off one big sort of the match. There's nothing, there's no side part to it. It's not like if you play sort of an RPG game and you're playing as a certain character and something goes wrong there, it's, you can fix that. It won't have that much of a knock-on effect. But if you change, like, say, the passing accuracy slightly for a player, that's going to have a knock-on effect of, like, the tackling or whatever. There's just so much that goes into it. It's not just little things. It's Everything has, like, a knock-on effect. I also think people are really bad at working out how likely something should be to happen. So, like, from the general, because I'm a nerd, the general, like, statistics about various shots from various positions, they're not actually as easy to score as people think they are. Like, a shot right in front of the keeper in the six-yard box, nice central shot, still in, like, a 33% chance of going in. I think everyone just expects every goal to go in. So when you look at a one-on-one, you've got to say, what's the angle? Where's the keeper positioned? All that kind of stuff. And it's not... A lot of them would be missed. It's just we don't like seeing it when it's happening to us. So I'd, I, actually, from the stuff I've looked at, when I've been looking at goals and chances and expected goals and that kind of stuff, it's not massively dissimilar to real life. It's actually the amount of chances produced is actually slightly higher, I've generally found. So I don't think there's a, a huge issue with it. I don't think there's much compensation going on. And it's also, do you remember the match engine where is it 13, 14 or something like that, where you could just run through players? That one was amazing because you didn't have to have a good striker. You just had to have one that was fast enough to run literally through a player. Sounds and like then they FIFA, score. doesn't it? <laughs> it could just be this year's FIFA engine. Just so you, you could use free strikers in one of the old ones, and it was just un, unstoppable. Just and like, like I've got a winger now who's got like a 19 pace, and you can just tell the difference, but it's not like game breaking because he's like his sort of physical stats are amazing but technical is horrendous I've, i think the game's a lot better like just look at going back from every version the match engine is obviously going to improve and what we sort of see is different like like what paul said about them the sort of the graphics engine the 3d engine or the 2d is obviously completely different to sort of how the game is actually playing out obviously the animations aren't ever going to well Eventually, it could be amazing, but at the moment, it's still fairly simple. It's true. Which brings us on to um, our next question. I think it's probably the best question of the of the bunch, really. It's one we've probably prepared the most for. We have the most background knowledge uh, about. So we've been asked by FM, is it Catanaccio? Is that how, how the Italians say it? I think I'm so. I'm surprised he stopped complaining about FM long enough. <laughs> well, you know, you've got to have hobbies. You've got to, you know, have a balanced approach to your hobbies. FM, porn, Arsenal. That's I think those are the threes covering there. So what's our favorite porn genre? Um 
I'll answer this one first. Uh, mine's food. Food porn is my favourite category. You mean the one where they like rub it all over themselves? No, just when like they have all this sauce dripping on the pancakes and everything. Oh, it gets me off that. I'm sorry, is, is pancake slang for something else in this one, right? No, no, I can assure you it's definitely not. Any sort of food, well, majority of food. Pies. We've established yeah. pies. Yeah, pies, yeah. Well, as soon as Ryan just said, that gets him off, I think it's best we... We move away from Ryan in that discussion. Whatever you do with pancakes, Ryan, is what you want to do with pancakes. Yeah, I'm not going to eat any of the whipped cream around your house. <laughs> no. Damn. <laughs> I've got, well, I've got to say that for a football manager podcast, that's a bit of a random question, but hey, we, we only live once. So I think my favourite category has to be, I would say, it's got to be amateur. You have to have a really bad camera. Just so it makes me feel like I'm actually there, you know, like a sick bastard standing in the corner. <laughs> you sit there with like a VR them. headset on. <laughs> no, because if it's a VR, VR headset, you know it's been recorded professionally, which means you know she's just faking it. I know, but they might have a 360 camera and you put your own VR headset on thinking you're in your room. Pelham, you're a sick bastard. Let's move on. <laughs> I think that's fair enough. Um, you beat me to. I was going to say amateur, just because that's the yeah. way I like my football manager. Oh, yeah. I just like it because I'm a dirty bastard. <laughs> we do actually have uh, one final question. Which oh, do we? Is, yeah, yeah. It's the. I thought uh, we said the best to last. Yeah, well, yeah. It, that can be, but uh, I thought that was our climate. <laughs> <laughs> wow, <laughs> I, don't, I can't even say. It's uh, from CJ Root FM, and it's: Do you change kits every season to make it feel like your own? Oh, um, <gasps> can I take this? Well, we'll all have a go, but yeah, go on, you go first. Well, I used to. I I have a, a load of different kit-style templates on my computer, and I used to really enjoy the the, the thick-looking kits. They were so much fun. So, like, each year I would design a new kit for the team I was managing, but now, not so much. Maybe with Blythe I might do it just to freshen up after a couple of years, but at the minute, no. I mean, does he? Did he give us any background of his information? I think he does play around with the graphics. I follow him um, on Twitter. I think he does occasionally dive into it. But I don't know if it's every season. I like making changes. So I made all my 2D kits for my Tahiti uh, database. I've got a few more to add for next time around. And I started making the 3D kits as well for FM19, which is kind of painful to do but it looked really nice in the actual match engine and then they changed the template from fm19 to fm20 for yes. the 3d ones which has made it an absolute pain to do oh when... but the, the ones i'm using done by acid fire fit perfect on fm20 on the 3d kits yeah i was because i didn't even know i'd still had them in my graphics folder until i realized all the low league teams in the u.s have kits I might have a look at that then, just so I can steal the template and do it. Because it, it does add something to the game. I think it definitely helps to have those kind of kits yeah, in you there agree. if you've got them. I mean, it's very visual only for us, but I've posted a picture of the, the kit template design I enjoyed a few FMs ago. It's like I've got a massive template of all different styles of them kits, and it's nice to use. Nice. I used to use the um, Smart Shirt Designer. Yes. 
I see. I think I've still got that installed somewhere on mine. I think I'm going to keep my 2D kits pretty much the same. I might use some of the ones you've put up there. But what I'm also going to do in true sad bastard fashion is if my team win any titles, I'm going to give them a little star by the back. Obviously. Band. Obviously. Hello. Do, do that's not sad. That's just parade. cool. We are cool. Don't worry. If you tell your wife what you're planning on doing, she oh, might she, give a different she answer. She knows. She, she laughs. Her question for the podcast was, how long are these podcasts going to go on for? <laughs> what did you reply? I, I just shrugged. That's, that's all you could come up with to not get in exactly. trouble. Did you not tell her, hello, will you, you're on like Google Nesting now. You're on Spotify, you're on the lot. That's exactly what I told her, and she was still completely unimpressed. She's ask her to sponsor us. Yeah, ask her to sponsor us. She's not going to sponsor us. She wouldn't even sponsor me. Like Without revealing where she works and stuff, what does she do for a job? She works for the NHS, so there's no money there for us. So there you go. She oh. could sponsor us. Imagine massive letters NHS across our podcast shirts. <laughs> Just a free vaccination for everyone. Exactly. Free vaccinations. I mean, <laughs> the, the, the the plans, they are endless. There's, we've got to do I mean, this blows human yeah, out of the water now. That's, I'm uh, sure NHS have their own food supply as well. We are sorted. We're done, yeah. We're not selling out. Sorry, sorry, Luke, if you're listening. <laughs> if anyone is listening, I'm very, very happy to sell out. <laughs> right, talking about selling out, okay? I got approached by a sponsor for my YouTube channel. This can go in the pod, by the way. You don't have to edit this out. And they are, they asked to sponsor 10 videos, okay, with a pre-video advert. Now, it's like a... Not CD, it's like CD keys, but like a different site. And I've used the site before, so I was like, oh, okay, I can do that. So they said, like, how much would you want? And I said, for 10 videos, just give me 40 pounds. That's that's four pounds a video, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not joking. In my head, I thought, well, that's quite cheap. Yeah. They, they just didn't get back in touch. Oh, you've been undercut by someone else. So I would love to know anyone listening to this podcast. Just just tweet me. Just tweet me. At TN underscore the Northman if you're not already following me. Just tweet me. Do you do you think I asked for too much? And how much should I have asked for? Bear in mind. Bear in mind that like a year ago, which I'm happily happy to talk about, I, I did like a mobile gaming video on my channel. It was a one-off video and I got paid twenty pounds to do that video. So I'm kind of confused how asking for 40 for 10. I'm starting to wonder if he thought I meant per video. That could be, could be lost in translation, that one, unless Ryan's undercut you. I'm on the dictatorgame.com mean, possibly, website. Possibly. You're all too expensive for me anyway. Yeah, so. <laughs> I mean, yeah, anyone listening, if you want to sponsor me, I mean, I'll sell out pretty much anything. Like, I mean, I do have some limits. I won't obviously have adverts for, like, dictate the game or some crap like that, but... Uh, apart from that, I mean, just off me money, you know. We'll have to get them T-shirts with uh, Sam Allardyce with his. Uh... Oh, amazing! <laughs> amazing! Like, come on, let's let's move on. Do you know what? I reckon these parts of the podcast people will probably enjoy more the randomness. Let's move on, Pelham. What's next? That's um, it. That, that was it. Oh, is that it? Yeah. <laughs> so we, we can carry on doing the randomness. Um... I, I, I'm leaving in like eight hours. It's probably best I get some sleep before I go and get up and pack. 
Well, that's very, we'll we'll wrap it up then. So, if you've got any more questions for us, um, if you want, you can get into the kind of details of what porn genre uh, we prefer. You can really push Ryan on exactly what he does to those pancakes in his spare time. <laughs> uh, but um, tweet us at dictatethegame uh, not dictatethegame.com, uh, the um, the Twitter, use Twitter, just contact a, us on Twitter, something, yeah, just, just find something. us. Um, if you're listening to us on the various platforms we're now on, whether it's Apple, Google Pods. There's a radio one, Brilliant. there's Overcast. I don't, I don't know what they're all called. There's like a range of them because um, I use mainly the Apple one. Uh, but Spotify as well. Subscribe, give us a good rating, leave a comment if it lets you because um, it helps push us up the rankings so more people can listen to us. Or if you're still listening to it on YouTube. And if, if we get to number one on any of the platforms, Ryan will reveal in video form what he does to the pancakes. But only to those over 18. Obviously, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, so, yeah. I feel like people are going to think I'm extremely weird now. Too late, you already do. Too late, yeah. Too late. Yeah. We're just confirming what was already. There's suspect. waffles as well, and you what? know any sort any sort of food. You it's not just pancakes. <laughs> but what I'm thinking is dictating the podcast season two episode three. Ryan Shag's pancakes. <laughs> it's it's got to be done. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. <laughs> That'll get clicked. So I'm definitely going to have to tick the, you know, for adult audience box when this one goes up. Just when you edit, just remember on the word shags, put a beep. You're probably going to have to put a beep there as well. <laughs> Leave people guessing what I said. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for listening, guys. I appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel. Yep, subscribe to us all. Come read our articles. Um, oh, yeah, and to the people. Yeah, yeah and, and the others. Um, and we'll be on the pod again next week for more stuff. More stuff and things. Uh, anything to add, Luke?